0: number one guy i'd want to have a beer with in 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 that in the world of celebrity is it's such a tough one because i'm i'm not in that world it's like i'm like who who do i love the most um
1: this is you know this is whoever like you i, I it would probably be
0: kevin smith it, it would probably be kevin smith because yeah. it, like he's um you know anyone that listens to this show knows i'm a huge huge fan uh i i mean, One of the reasons I started, you know, this show, you know, out of all the other shows I've done, he is one of my influences with his podcasts.
1: Awesome!
0: Awesome. Awesome. Just tell people they're awesome and mean. Awesome. 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 Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness? Awesome. 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 You're awesome. no, you're awesome. you are awesome sir you are awesome are awesome 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 everything is awesome welcome to this week's edition of everything is awesome I'm your host Kev and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Before we get to this week's guest, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I want to remind everyone that coming up on October 7th, 2016 is our next live show. That's right. We're going to be performing live at the Producers Club in New York City. Hell's Kitchen, we're coming to you, baby. Uh, This is the unofficial late night of New York Comic Con. Because New York Comic Con starts October 6th, October 7th. We'll be at the Producers Club. We're going to be on after the screening for Once Upon a Time, The Rock Opera. So make sure you purchase your tickets at IndieTix.net or for a quick direct link, tickets.awesomepodcast.com. Uh, tickets are 15 bucks online, $17 at the door. And if you happen to go to the screening of Once Upon a Time, The Rock Opera, you get a coupon code called Double Trouble, I believe. Double, double check the uh, website uh, and you can save 5 bucks and only pay 10 bucks to come see an awesome night of late night action. It's not just everything is awesome. Uh, it's also Once Upon a Wine, the podcast and we're forming to uh, to blend the shows together and make it a, one big enormous late night after party. So make sure you check that out at tickets.awesomepodcast.com or IndieTix.net That's indie T-I-X dot net uh, I'm so excited. We're going to have Rachel Leishman from uh, the Fordcast, a Harrison Ford podcast. Uh, on, she's a actress. She's a improv comedian. Uh, she's a podcaster. I'm just super excited to sit down and talk with her. We have some. We have a game planned um, with her. It's going to be so much fun. We also are going to have the cast of Once Upon a Time, the rock opera, on the show to sing some songs from the rock opera. Rumor has it they're going to let us into the world of theater is coming with their Game of Thrones musical. So I'm so excited for this New York show. Hell's Kitchen, right where Daredevil's from, The Defenders, Jessica Jones. Oh my gosh, so much. We're going to be playing in uh, the very area. We're going to be off-off Broadway. We're going to be mere blocks away from where late-night greats have been before. I'm so excited for this. Um, And if, you know... I hope you can come out to make it, uh, and if not, we'll have the show up, uh, probably the week after the 7th, uh, so that you guys can, can listen in on, on, on the awesomeness that, that was, um, I also want to remind you guys that you could help support this show so that we can do some things like this more often. Um, this New York Comic Con show, and we are charging money for the show, um, but at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're not trying to make money. I, this this show is costing a lot more than any other show I've put together. Uh, and I'm doing it because I really want to say that I've done a late night show in New York. I really want to go to the Comic Con um, and, and be part of, unofficially, that world Uh I would love to do more of it. There's Walker stalker cons that come around. There's wizard worlds that come around this area. And I would love to go to the, some of the Jersey cons, some of the New York cons, maybe travel up and down the East coast a little bit and do more live shows. Love doing this. Uh, and I hope that you love hearing it and we would love to bring this show to you live because it's such a different experience. You sit down and listen to this show at home and you're listening to me and one other guy talk for anywhere from an hour to, to two hours across two episodes. Um, which is a lot of fun. I love those conversations. There's nothing like having an interesting, awesome conversation. Uh, but there's something to the live show because we get to interact with you. We have, we play games and, uh, give prizes away and just have a good time. And it's, it's a nice little meet and greet. So I'd love to do more of that. Um, and you can help support us in several different ways to make it happen. Easiest, easiest, easiest way to do it is to tell a friend And leave a five-star review on our iTunes page. So, again, I mean, just simply tell a friend about Everything is Awesome. Go to awesomepodcast.com. Get some information about the show. Listen to the show. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your buddies to subscribe to the podcast. Because that helps put us in the foreground of iTunes. uh, And if you, even more, even more of that iTunes math is those five-star reviews. So if you could just leave a five-star review, I'm going to try to start reading them. I say that every week, but for real, in episode 37, I will read whatever is current in our iTunes reviews. Leave five-stars reviews because that's going to help us get more ears on this show. The more ears on this show, the cooler things we can end up doing uh, because we'll be able to secure different projects and whatnot. Another way that might be a little bit more complicated is by supporting us on Patreon. Um, we've talked about it here and there. It's really random. Me and Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop, we went on for quite a while about Patreon, and, and it's it's weird to talk about so much because it is us shilling for money for the most part, but you get rewarded for it. You know, you can get swag, bonus content, stuff like that. Patreon.com slash awesomepodcast, or you can go to the sport link on awesomepodcast.com. Um What Patreon does, it's kind of like an ongoing Kickstarter. Uh, You pledge at a certain level, and you get something in return for it. And in turn, every dollar that is brought in is going to help make this show better, whether it's buying new equipment, whether it's um, securing finances to do another live show somewhere that's going to cost us money, whether it's... um, buying swag to give to you guys whether it's buying better servers or or whatever it might be it all goes back into the show um at this point you know especially with the patreon money i'm not looking to make a buck with it i'm looking to to invest your money that you're investing in me into this show and make it a bigger better uh project because i love doing it and, and i would love to sit down and talk to everyone that is on my wish list i would love to sit down and talk to everyone even you um and hear your awesome story. So patreon.com slash awesome podcast. And as Jason Ashley and I have said, uh, for too cool for tabletop, I'm going to steal it for, for everything is awesome too. A dollar a month is not a lot of money. I mean, that's $12 a year. That's you skipping out on one meal at Burger King a year. Uh, that's you skipping out on Two packs of cigarettes or a pack and a half of cigarettes um, during the course of a year. You know, 12 bucks a year is not a lot of money. And if everyone that listened to this show pledged a dollar a month, we'd be able to cover all our hosting fees. We'd be able to expand the show beyond what we're doing now. Uh, it, we'd just be able to do a lot, of, a lot of cool things, and you know, I, I, hopefully you guys can can afford to do that. Um, if not more, because you know that would be great. It helps us do more awesome things. Um, but again, I understand t- times are tough. You know, not everyone has money uh, to throw around for a dopey podcast, and I get it. And if you don't, that's okay. Because, like I said, if you tell a friend and or leave a review on iTunes, a five-star review, that helps just as much. So, uh, let's get to the show, guys. I'm really excited to uh, sit down and uh, have you guys listen to part two of my conversation with Daniel Pierce, the Hercules of Once Upon a Time, the rock opera. The only real Hercules besides Kevin Sorbo, in my opinion. Um, This week, we sat down and we we, uh, talked about um, Owen and Team West Coast, uh, voiceover work that he's been doing, and a lot, lot more. Uh, I'm so excited, uh, for you to sit down and listen to this conversation. I think the rumor is, if you're going to be in New York Comic Con, rumor is he's going to be part of the Once Upon a Time screening and the After Party. So, make sure you come out to the New York Comic Con, watch, I'm telling you, the rock opera is better than season five of Once Upon a Time, so come check that out, Stay, stick around, For the after party. With everything is awesome. Once upon a line. It's going to be dope. Um, I'll talk to you next week. Next week is episode 37. Y'all know that's an important episode. In my mythos. Um, And uh, it's going to be a double edged sword. Because uh, it's it's me talking about someone. That I really uh, admire. uh, And there's certain flicks of his. That really hit me emotionally. And the reason I got into Kevin Smith. Um, was because of my uncle who is uh, only sixteen years older than me, and and I'm not going to get into it now. But the you know it's going to be a very emotional episode. If you wanted to hear uh, the the Kev that I've talked about in the show cry like a little 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 uh, wimpy boy, you're going to hear that. I guarantee it. Uh, I will probably shed some tears in episode 37. Um, all happy. Well, th- there are tears of importance, I guess. Not all happy tears, but. Um. Anyway, on to listening to my part two conversation with Daniel Pierce right here only on awesomepodcast.com.
1: dot com. I got a, my hat goes off to your your podcasting everything like all the elements. It's like you got you just got the right gears, man. All there. it's like a, you're you're a polished swatch, man. You, you got. Oh, thank your, you. Yeah, your presentation, your personality, uh, you know the way the beats in the show, you pick out the right people in the mix, and you get it. You just like it. I I, think, I don't think you have to think about it too much. You just you, you just put it together, and you yeah. Do it. And
0: and I pride that on just being lazy. Like that's what it came down to when when I started doing this show. Is like, do I really? All the other podcasts I've done in in the last at the time eight years was like. Let me, let me plan out a two hour show. Let's have two or three co-hosts. Like let's be a, let's be a radio show and like, let's do all our research. And like my interviews back in the day would literally be me having 10 questions on a sheet, read question one, wait for answer. Don't play off what you say. Read question two. You probably said something funny by now. I'm going to go to question three. (laughs) And like, it was just a really boring interview. And, And I know that's a weak point for me. Um, so when I started this show, I was like, what am I thinking? And, and one of the things I said to myself was, well, if I do this research, I'm going to have questions and I'm, I'm going to to fall to my notes. What if I go in here completely blind? Like, what will happen with that? And I, I started with friends. Like, I started with people that, that you know, were either podcasters or comedians in the Philadelphia area or authors or whatever. and I And I knew a little bit about them, but I didn't have to do any research. So I still went in kind of blind and and i discovered that my strength is sitting down and just yapping for an hour or two
1: yeah well that's that's all you need man cuz i've i've come to realize even if in in the educational podcast what really is attractive is or what gets you it's to sit to listen to is just a good conversation between two people who can who can rap for a while man it's just uh you know and and that's like uh, there's i used to listen to pretty consistently uh stuff you should know and and uh stuff mom never told you the whole uh, I don't know if you ever listened to the how stuff works series but uh, I uh, heard uh, of it never listened to it um uh, but no they're they're great they I mean they know how to bring out sort of you know little uh just uh unconventional knowledge that there are questions that are answered and um, and they bring it about and then they talk about it. And it's just opposite opposing personalities that that were that congeal on on agreeable ideas and maybe sometimes a different differing opinions. Like that's why Mojurns and uh, and uh, uh, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin, Kev, Kevin work, work so well together because Mosier's is kind of, you know, he's a sort of the steady drum. And then yeah. Kevin is the chatterbox. Uh, and
0: And I still, I still dream of having like that podcast where it's, it's me and, and one of like one of my friends who sit there and we talk and we riff and we do a little bit of improv. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that. That is like my dream podcast. Is basically doing smodcast. I, that... I
1: love improv theater. Like when wow. like that little thing that that Aaron was throwing me the on the, on their on the Once Upon a Wine was yeah, yeah. Like this, you need this like every show. It's just yeah. like on something like that. It's just great to have like when Kevin and 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 uh, were were doing reading that book. That was like their quotes, but they read the other as the as the other yeah one.
0: yeah.
1: That's just good stuff. That's gold. Cool
0: yeah i I mean and and without that improv that they do whether you like it or not we wouldn't have gotten tusk we wouldn't have gotten yoga hosers we probably wouldn't even be getting mall rats 2 to be honest like it's it's (laughs) yeah that's true i mean i think i I believe he said mall rats 2 is because of tusk like because tusk was made for three billion dollars made its money back before it went to theater uh he they they said all right let's make mall rats too and and it's obviously evolved from a movie to a tv show by now but you know um yeah i mean he
1: his is, it, is it them? Infra- like what, what is, are they playing like the same characters and it's just them still at the mall like yeah so so still?
0: the last time we saw the main characters in mall rats uh brody and oh god what's uh what's what was what was um not Jason Lee's name. What was, what was that kid's name? Mm, Brody. Yeah. Well, uh, those, the main characters last we saw, I don't think we saw Quint. It was Quint was the other, was the other guy. Um, I don't think Quint showed up in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, but we did see Brody in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. And he was the owner of a comic book store now. Um, So, So
1: and from what he, I knew there was, but you reminded me there was a, like a Smith verse
0: yeah yeah he has his own and and he's he's uh his new universe which is that canadian tusk mm-hmm. yoga hosers and moose jaws he's officially kind of bridging them with the the view askew universe uh, which i i'm so i'm disappointed that he revealed this because i feel like this move would have been like even the the biggest kevin smith hater would have been would have been happy about this yeah i um, J- I,
1: I'm, I agree
0: jay and silent bob are going to be in moose jaws so so he's bridging the gap of his two like universes that he's created here um and uh there was uh, i don't know what the point of that was he's bridging the gap um
1: you're you're just saying the universe has expanded into his horror action universe basically
0: yeah and and i i am tusk I still I've only watched once. I need to sit down and watch again because, and I, this is what I think makes it a good movie is is I I watched it and I said, huh, I don't know if I liked it or I hated it. Like it was it was an interesting piece of of uh work. Like I I just don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, it made me talk. Like I talked to my buddies about it and we've had debates about it. Um and, and I so I'm gonna go back and watch it because I think on second viewing I'll actually dig it a lot more and I just watched yoga hosers. They had a premiere on the 30th, uh, at one of my, at one of the local theaters. So I watched it there and like, it's very much what he says it is. It's a tween girl movie. Like it's mm-hmm. for teenagers and, and whatnot, but being, it's also a Kevin Smith fan movie. Like he's made it for two audiences and I sat there and I watched it and I was like, well, wow. I mean, I, like I like this. Like I enjoy this movie. It's, it's a for Kevin Smith doing PG 13. I enjoy it. It's, it's, he promised silly stupid things and that's what you're getting. Like it is, it's kind of like, I think the, the perfect way they summed it up or he summed it up was um, he made a midnight movie for teenagers. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, I don't know. I well done might not be the right word, but for what it is, it's, it's just really well done. And um, I wish my daughter was older. Cause that's a movie that I would be proud to take my, my daughter to, Yeah. Uh, you know, when she's, 10 to 13 years old because it is showing something that is kind of becoming a thing that we see more and more in the industry but like it's showing you know female and, and women being the the focal point of the story and being the hero
1: yeah uh and i know it, uh yeah that that's something that that is growing and uh, you know back to what i was it's just i'm just glad he Uh, that Kevin is doing what he just, just whatever he wants to, he should, that's the freedom. An artist should have that freedom and he's worked hard to get there. And, um, so, or maybe not. I mean, he apparently smokes a lot of weed to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, mean, there's
0: two, there's two arguments there.
1: He came up with ideas that paved the way. And I mean, the, the, the wealthiest people in the world, the successful people get paid to think and, you know. He thought his way to, to to the path that he gets to build his own path, really. So
0: and 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 one of the best arguments I've heard him say to to people that have like kind of trashed like, yoga hosers obviously isn't doing well in, in in the reviews and like a his defense is well look at mall rats mall rats got worse reviews than this and now it's a cult classic but b like he, like he kind of challenges people he says all right go make something like if if you're saying this is awful well i made it like yeah it there's can that be...
1: one where somebody threw yeah. mud in his daughter's eye
0: oh uh, yeah well and, i mean terrible. that but his yeah that was, was great yeah. Oh, I, and that response was great. He's had a couple responses to, I mean, that was a big one. Like that one was awful. Like to, to read as a parent and be like, oh my, mm-hmm. like he handled that so much cooler than I would. Like right. I would want a fist fight. And that quote um,
1: of, I mean, I, I, I just like, this is the takeaway. And it was the, I put that on and I rarely ever Twitter. I just Twitter through Instagram, but I, I, it was the, uh, when he said, um, uh, was it basically in a nutshell, bullying, is showing your lack of creativity, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it—you said it in so many more words, but that's yeah. that's essentially true. It's just yeah. it, whatever. If you're you're attacking somebody and you, you're if you're criticizing for just the sake of criticizing, and usually all that stuff is just because you're insecure anyway, and and that means you you're wasting energy doing that, and you're lacking, you're taking it out of your potential creative, um, you know. Aspect of 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 your thinking, and um, it's it's are the faculties that, that could be creative. You're they're being drained by your, you know, a, a infuriated opinions to just criticize somebody. It's just not worth it.
0: Yeah, and 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 he challenges people just to create. Like if you if I mean that like that was a whole other argument. But like when people trash talk yoga hosers or any of his movies, like his recent response has been. You know, go out there and do it like if it's not hard to do you know, in in 2016, you you can go out there and do it. And if if take any if you're going to take anything from yoga hosers, know that if I can make this, you can make your movie. And that's you know, there's some truth to that. Like it's, you know, Kevin Smith. watched a movie called slack or was it slack yeah slackers and uh he he made clerks like Mm -hmm. so somebody and and that for me like years later i I, even though i consider chasing amy my 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 favorite richard
1: linklater was slackers
0: yeah Yeah. yes yeah so so kevin smith watched that and he's like oh this is you can do this i'm gonna make clerks
1: yeah yeah okay that's right
0: and as much as like, I, Chasing Amy is the movie that I go to. Like, I'll watch that every time I see it or pop it in a DVD if I want a good cry or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like that's my Kevin Smith movie. But when I watch Clerks, or even more so now, I think what he's doing, like you said, with his new movies, he's doing what he wants to do. But, like, I think the the B stories in that is, like, you can watch that and say, well, if Kevin Smith can put a guy in a Waller suit or he can make a movie about two... Well, I guess he already made a clerks movie, but two teenage girls as clerks, so, you know, like I can, I can make a movie, like I you can find a way, a way to make a movie
1: go. about people selling stuff and just talking in that place where they sell stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah.
0: it's I, I guess I think, it,
1: is is that what Yoga Hoosiers pretty much is essentially those two is it's like a female clerks.
0: No, no, it's it's a little bit more actiony than that. Like they, there's a there's a whole that's actually them sitting around talking is. Much like any Kevin Smith movie, kind of how it opens and closes, but in the middle, it's something completely different than Clerks was. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he filmed them in Tusk, uh, Harley and, and Lily Rose... Um, when, when he, and he was editing it, like he went to his wife and kept on saying like, why do I love this scene so much? Is it cause it's my kid? Is it because they're good? What is it? And, sh- and his wife said, you're an idiot. They're clerks. Like <laughs> they're sitting at a, co- behind a counter at a convenience store. Yeah. And, and that's why he made yoga hosers was like, okay. oh my God. So it's kind of like an homage to, um, to clerks. And, and there's even a, at least one or maybe two lines from clerks, uh, that's in there. So it it was, um, like I said, I mean, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, I think you'd like it. Yeah. Um, but totally I would understand, like, it's just like Tusk. Like it is a movie that you, I could understand. Like someone could tell me, Oh, yoga hosers was horrible. And I'd say, you're right. Or someone says yoga hosers is great. I'd say, you're right. Like it's, it all depends on, on how you look at the movie. Really?
1: Yeah. It's like a, an abstract painting. You just kind of have to, depends on how the light hits the sculpture, man. You yeah, know, you to tilt your head when you watch a kevin smith movie sometimes just look at it upside down maybe you'll see something
0: in it <laughs> yeah and, and i mean and i and like
1: criticize it go make your own you know your, yeah. your bull moose a fish movie and see if you can pull that off
0: exactly like that's uh, that's kind of my takeaway now is like if i see anything that's like i that just doesn't agree with me i, I either you know think in my head and this is just like more of an exercise for me it's like i'll think in my head like what would i do to make that better you know Um, like for instance, and this is so, and I, I don't think I've said this on air, but like season five of once upon a time, I've gone on plenty of record of saying this is an awful, awful work of television. Like this, I can't believe this is airing right now. It's it's just all garbage. And like my, like my fix for it was, uh, and I, 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 I have said that this is better than season five, but I don't think I've said that if I were to do it season five i would do this i would just do what you guys did with the rock opera right like that (laughs) exactly
1: to the point man you know go ahead and make what like i sometimes i'm inspired i don't know there's something i feel like uh i don't know i i can't there there is something out there that i that i feel exactly like that about like you could have done this instead but instead you did this and so I think maybe at 60 seconds, like I think Alice in Wonderland, instead of doing what they did, just go ahead and make it stop motion or whatever. It, it shouldn't should have been the the full CGI thing it was. But uh, yeah. I, I agree. It's like if you're going to if you hate something so much, but you, you you can see it. If you're a filmmaker, don't waste your time. Just don't waste your time bashing yeah. it or being, you know, all the negative emotion. Just tame that down. You know, take a breather. And see if maybe you'll be inspired. to... If you're seeing something different, then make that and you, do it parody, do it or yeah. do it, you know do it satire.
0: Yeah, and, no, and I, and and that is more than ever in 2016 is like an acceptable form of art, and and to the point where, I and, and I think Aaron tweeted this or said it on a pod on her podcast once upon a wine or something but like people have told her that this that the rock opera isn't just a parody like it's it's a it's an actual film
1: it's its its own thing man
0: yeah and and it is like i i um i finally watched it probably at this point two months ago maybe three months ago um and i i watched it and i was like oh my god this is a this is so much better than season five of once upon a time like i can't like this they hire them to do season six because (laughs) it was it's insane for being a parody at heart how much like heart and how much um you know energy because i like i obviously know i you know i know some of the behind the scenes like i know how much energy and, and time was put into it but on screen you can see the heart and the talent that's there mm-hmm. and it is just it is it is really good it, it is uh which i wasn't expecting to talk about this much because i want to get into your voice acting but you were part of uh the rock opera why don't we i skip ahead i guess a few years from nashville to uh once upon a time um what how how'd you get involved in in doing um the web series the spoof web series and then and then obviously the rock opera
1: uh, well, I uh, so it just happened to be on Facebook and an actor's page, and then I saw this post from an ace Marrero saying, Hey, uh, my girlfriend needs a Hercules for a webisode. Uh, you know, submit a few things. And I was like, Eh, you know, maybe. And I had just I had taken these pictures of myself, not, I mean, you know, I, I jokingly call them selfies, but I was getting into photography as uh, yeah. to. to you know, just as sort of a stepping stone to be a film director. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, you know, I'm an actor as well. So, I'm trying to, why not increase my port for free? So, yeah. I just had these black and whites of basically fitness photos. So, I sent that to them. It was like, my face wasn't even showing. So, I'm like, I give it a shot. <laughs> and so, and then, I, you know, within, it didn't take too long. And, uh, she, I thought they'd waited for a few days to collect some other prospects. Uh, but she said, she, uh, she thinks you're, she, you're perfect. And so just like, I don't know, some other details, how it goes. So, yeah. thought, okay, cool. So we had a screen, I mean, not a, but a script uh, reading of the, and then I had brought my camera with me and, and which was like this 60 with a big lens and an 85 1.2. And cause that just, that plays into the future relationship we built. But, yeah. um, I came in and it was funny cause I came in and, uh, they they weren't in, even engaged yet. It was that followed up about two months later. But I came in and then Aaron opens the door, and she gives me that look, sort of that up down that that a girl <laughs> or a guy will do to. a yeah. And it's like okay, and it's just like and she's like hey, and she does me, <laughs> does this little the this shake like, hey, and so I was like all right, you know I guess I'm um, I'm this what a cordial uh, welcome here, yeah, and yeah. so but we we have all that. And I remember feeling like a fish out of water because everybody seemed to know one another, and I wasn't quite sure. It's like, oh, all these people sort of know one another, and they see because they all came from a a class, either a class or just somewhere there were overlapping circles, yeah, yeah. of either all the way back in St. Louis uh, where they went to Stevens College, or there was a class that they uh, that they took five, I think about five years prior, and um. It was all in there shooting on I think a 5D and I was like okay we'll see how this turns out. And I was just looking at everything. I was like all right. And then when I saw the cut I was like and I I I remember leaving and thinking man all my stuff was pretty you know. I was I was pretty happy they set me beside uh Tinkerbell which was a Barbie <laughs> doll that was dressed like a Tinkerbell. And I just thought you know well you know Hercules is pretty you know he's just he's just this dude that's in here and cuz I had a line that I played off of that where I say uh, you know, I'm just letting uh, I'm just letting I'm letting Prince Charming uh, run this town. So to me, that meant well Hercules isn't here. He doesn't have a complex. He's just here to pick up girls, and he's not even you know he he doesn't care about any of this. Yeah, you know. And so it's just like so he's got his eyes on Tinker Bell, which is just you know. I mean, I think we doesn't take too much to think I, that yeah. the irony of that, yeah, uh, just the juxtaposition of it, yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah. Just to have my arm thrown over Tinkerbell and talking to the doll, and uh, and then uh, I just remember leaving and thinking of like my de- my deliveries just weren't great. I do wish we could go back and redo my singing because it was a little worse than I intended on it <laughs> to, to be. Even though I really don't sing, and but when my my I was like, no, that's that's grating. That's very strident. My my my, but I'm not worried about it. But I remember leaving and thinking that. Man, my deliveries weren't that great. Then when I watched the cut, I they edited it in such a way that they just they knew what was good. They had a a, a great sense of comedy. Everybody's takes were great. It was cutting away. The lighting looked great. It was simple, but it was it was it was a I honestly thought that that the first episode looks better. And This is not a knock on. On our first, our DP that DP our Ryan that DP'd our other stuff, everything was great. It's just that some the the lighting in that was lantern and and Christmas light base sort of hidden, and it just all worked for the and gave it a warm feel that made everybody's eyes sparkle and everything. And it's just I really liked the aesthetic of the first episode, and they they made uh, they cut it in such a way that they I made myself laugh because they they okay. threw in a little sound effect when it's like well I am and they go ding. It it's just like, that's great, dude. And it's just not not because it's me, because yeah. it's just they, they had a sense of comedy. It's like, this is a good team of people to beat in. Yeah. And, and so, you know, of course, I got called on for the other three episodes. And Ace, he had, because he asked me, he's like, hey, I saw you had this nice camera and everything, you know, after the first episode. He's like, do you mind shooting some, some BTS, some behind the scenes stuff? And so I ended up being like their BTS guy for a, like almost... Any production I was involved in or sometimes other productions, it's like, hey, would you come along and and just shoot our behind the scenes stuff? And then I ended up shooting, I think, Aaron's sister for headshots one time and then uh, Cofield or Snow and uh, in Park City when we were at Sundance uh, the following January. And it had it's like off those two people, then people started seeing my work on Facebook. So I started meeting other people outside the circle. And and all that and and then I think soon after and then I shot her promo for the the rock opera. I ended up being their photographer for like all their friends and then nice. so the it's, it's it's funny how it's like yeah I met such and such and it's like somebody they haven't seen in five years and uh, and so I'm hanging out with all their friends and they haven't seen them oh, that's so funny. I kind of feel like uh, I come I came out of it from feeling like a fish out of water and now it's like. Now I'm associated with more than just that circle, but all the yeah. circles they're associated with, and uh, just cool. The red, and that's that's the that's the beauty of the collaborative path yeah. you walk in in the film industry.
0: Well, and and it sounds like everything I've heard about, like you know what I've have dubbed Team West Coast when it comes to the oh it the, the uh, spoof people um is that it's it's going back to what i said about the podcasting community like you all it's like such a nice tight group uh even like the fans of the of the rock opera and the and the, the web series like are all super like uh, uh like super intense but in a good way like they're just all really a tight group and have become a tight group with even like you know aaron and ace and and Amie and stuff mm-hmm. uh, it's uh it's it's been fun watching um the the web series grow to what it is and and um seeing how it how it turned into this little like uh, film this uh, not it is a film yeah. like that's yeah. HELL- Kitchen, Tell the Defenders to move over because I got a new set of heroes coming to town. I'm bringing my late night edition of Everything is Awesome to New York City. That's right. We're going to be coming with Rachel Leishman from the Fordcast, the Harrison Ford podcast. We're going to have the Once Upon a Time rock opera cast on hand to sing a couple songs. We are bringing Once Upon a Wine, the podcast, along for the ride. Going to be one late night after party. That's right. The official after party to the Once Upon a Time rock opera screening at the Producers Club, October 7th, screening at 8 p.m. Get your tickets for that. Go to indietix.net and also get your tickets for the after party. Everything is awesome. Late night with Once Upon a Wine is going to be a epic epic live podcast experience that you cannot miss. indietix.net 10 p.m. is the after party. I cannot wait. New York City, here we come.
1: don't you hope i mean i'm already already have ideas like aaron you got to do this skit or do this uh, the sequel oh, I mean, what, what yeah. the sequel can be and what we have to incorporate <laughs> in it do you have yes. some sort of, do you have some of your ideas which you would like to see if there if there is a sequel and i, uh,
0: I have um i haven't said actually i probably have an email uh back and forth with uh like my my partner with with our company um i, I was like if we were to write a sequel for this what would what would it be about and mm-hmm we only it was about the un kind of playing off of season six with the untold stories i was like "Eh, i don't think i want to go there so i haven't really sat down and think thought about it in a while but um i hundred percent like like after watching the the rock opera for the first time which i said was probably about three months ago if that i instantly said there needs to be a sequel like like i i i it's not because I, I kind of know you guys or anything like ugh, it is better than season five of once and it needs a sequel yeah. like watching it. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I don't know if I guess, obviously it would have to play off of what we've seen already with season five and what kind of what we know I don't about know, season man. Six. There's so
1: much teleportation. And I think True. Just yeah. be like, look, we've all lost our memory I and mean, we could just like do it again. And we could do it in the upside down and just do a playoff of stranger <sighs> things at this point.
0: I would, you know what? That's that would be an idea. I would love to tinker with is like writing uh, the sequel to the rock opera as like something in the the the, the upside down. Like that I think sounds we need like an eleven.
1: I mean, eleven incorporated into our and like just a bunch of kids running riding down a street, like three three or four kids on a on bicycles in, in the suburban sort of northwestern neighborhood.
0: And- and yeah. I know they're super busy with with their Game of Thrones thing that they're doing now, but like I, I and and just talking to you about it now, I'm like, oh, I think like it makes me want to sit down and like jot down some notes and like throw together like a, a like a quick one page, uh, like here's what I think we should do for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to write it? Sure, <laughs> like, man. Hey,
1: man. I, I, it's like I said, the greatest filmmakers and storytellers are have an open door policy. Too. Yeah people's ideas because no man's an island you know yeah Uh, but i think my but you haven't seen never ending stories so you may not know but i think wolfie needs to make his screen debut in (laughs) in the rock in the rock opera series and he needs he has no other role but (laughs) falcor and we need a t-shirt that has because you do you know what falcor is essentially well He's, he's that
0: big white thing right
1: yeah i mean he has the face of a of a dog so, you know, I've, I've grown up, you know, I, I'll joke around when I got uh, older, I started joking around saying he's a luck puppy, but he's a, he's a luck dragon. And so with luck, he just, you make magical things happen in the narrative of the story. But so, uh, so, but you know, Wolfie looks like him, but I have this idea. So he, he, he promotes, he, he, if you're around Falcor, you have luck. So I want a picture of Wolfie, sort of like winking on a T-shirt. There's gonna be a t- Wolfie gets his own T-shirt and he's winking. He says, "He <laughs> says you want to get lucky," and I think that's just that's Wolfie's T-shirt as Falcor. I lo- yeah.
0: I love it. That's great. Uh, yeah, I I think I will have to because. I, I've recently been busy with like other projects and, and they have for creative reasons, kind of like I, I've kind of pulled out. Mm-hmm. So like I've been like, all right, like right, I've been kicking around ideas like the next thing I want to do besides like podcast. Like, obviously this like I've, I've we did a live show of this podcast for the Philadelphia Podcast Fest, which was great. I had such a such a fun time doing it where we were invited back to do a a show in November for another venue. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, some other stuff going in between now and then, but so so like whereas I'm trying to build this brand at the same time, I really like this isn't my full creative outlet. Like it's like, well, it's great. I sit around and talk to people, but like that's not me. Writing fiction, basically. No, no. Well, this Uh,
1: helps inspire that as well. Yeah. No, it's it's another catalyst to it all.
0: Yeah, to the point of, I think my next project might be trying to write a sequel to the rock opera, (laughs)
1: because
0: I've like we.
1: Did you see that fan
0: art today? Oh yes, I did. Insane.
1: Who was who was that?
0: It was. uh, uh, I can pull it up on Twitter right now. But it was.
1: I'm listening to you. I'm pulling it up.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um but uh yeah you know just uh the 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 projects like i I just want to write is like my big thing i want to write and direct is like where i kind of want to go and and crew number studios which is our like production company we had a very small hand in in like helping put together the rock opera as in we did the website and i think that like we got it in associate in association with credit on on the rock opera for that um so i would love to be involved for like a potential sequel and i think like after their their game of thrones thing is kind of like the time to do it because i'm assuming by then season six and or the series of once upon a time will probably be over so, like, there could be one last hurrah for, like, the oh, it spoof to play off of, of like, recent events.
1: Uh, yeah, because yeah. that that's what the beauty of parody is, like, you just catch whatever's currently going on. That's why, I mean, look at the Lego movie. I mean, all these parodies that have, have succeeded. And, you know, uh, Mel Brooks films in, and just yeah. uh, it does so well. And, you know, there's a way to do it. I think you can watch the scary movie series and see yeah. how it how you can do it too cutely. I mean yeah. sure they make their money, but there's a there's a there's a great way to do it that you know that's smart and sort of a nice cheeky way to do it, and then there's the just sort of where it just falters and falls flat. it's like it's delivery and just how you structure it all but the the person who put up the art which is it's it's of um Ami and uh, Mallory and Ace and Aaron and it's just beautiful little uh pencil piece it's yeah. some semi minimalistic and and just a sketch it was great and uh her it's Francesca Benevento uh it's probably Francesca Benevento <laughs> uh, and it's uh, Zia ZIA Franny so Zia Franny uh, and she's got yeah she's an artist for sure
0: yeah and, and i saw that i probably about a half hour before we hopped on doing this show so, so i saw that i was like oh my god it's insanely nuts at how uh, like the the one that's like when i first saw it i was like oh this is a fan base, uh of jennifer morrison and and i you <laughs> forget i almost forget now that that Aaron and jennifer morrison look almost exactly alike right. uh, because like everyone is nailed like they all look like who they really are and also kind of like their their uh abc counterparts uh it's it's nuts how well that pencil is done
1: they really do and uh Uh, you know actually i'm looking at this and this does remind me of some 80s art and it might be there might be a a stranger things piece of art that that this looks like you Uh, know what she did
0: oh maybe it was she she also did lana perelli perella Pearl, as the as Pearl. the queen um that's the other piece i saw her do Could be um, but, yeah it's yeah.
1: amazing how how it's, it's beautiful it's, dude I, I hope everybody gets a canvas of this yeah, i really like it it.
0: it it is and that's you know it's nuts that abc slash disney's art inspired you know uh the oh spoof series and and mm-hmm. rock opera which also is now inspired a lot of, because I mean, I'm I'm sure there's more than that. That I, you know, that's the most recent thing that I've seen. But it's an inspire like the spoof series has its own fandom that that includes the some of the cast. It seems of, of the original stuff. So it's just nuts, like how that trickle down inspiration works. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's uh, I I really. Uh, i'm so glad for everything that's happened for for everyone out there because like i just i remember like the hustle for the web series three or four years ago to the point now where it almost seems like they can't keep up with like everyone talking about it basically um
1: yeah that's that's ultimately yeah it's essentially what you want for anything you've made before Yeah, and I, i mean i know we all have you know uh things that but if like it's it's kinda it's kinda it's a it's a clerk's too essentially, that to, to have a sequel to something you just made and you're like, Well I have all these other ideas and these other things yeah. that I really need to get get on. So, you know, we will build or, you know, Aaron and, and whoever else wants to just supply her with ideas. Uh I I think she would love us you know, to to get a script like here I wrote your rock opera. Even though she, essentially she's a writer, I think, well it's you know it's a collaborative effort as well. Yeah. Spielberg pulls, he'll have lunches with, you know, multiple writers that give him ideas on a story. And he will use that for his film. Apparently, that's what I'm told. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like, and that's, that's a great strategy um, to just, but I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with, as a writer, to still use other people people's ideas that are adopting them and then
0: oh you know, no i mean that's I, I mean for the longest time that was how i was going to build a brand was like let me just parody everything and and it, you know it's we've we've moved away from that to wanting to create some more original stuff um but i you know it's also we're in a, we're in this world now where like, okay, some of us can commit like at first I couldn't commit because I had little babies. And now that they're a little bit older, it's like, all right, I can, co- I can start committing to like devoting time to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like my, you know, my, my friends are like, well, we just got married and we're going to have kids soon. So like, all right, well now we're stuck in this thing. And, and that's, you know, we talked about improv for a little bit later. I, I, it's something that I'm, I'm hoping to um, I'm going to take an improv class, hopefully within the next couple months, I'm going to sign up for one and like if, if for nothing else like a hey, I would love that learning experience because I do love improv and I and you know something I learned during my live show is that you know the the, the monologue is nothing but doing stand-up and I'm awful at that like I, I, I learned that in my live show didn't get many laughs but I got more laughs when I sat down and had a conversation mm-hmm. so I was like all right well if I had you know improv you know, is more about playing off of other people. So if I have that, like, I probably would be much more successful in that. If nothing else, like, I'll also meet more people to like. All right, let's let's build something. Let's do yeah. something creative yeah, every, together.
1: You will know, never say no to an experience that yeah. it, you know could you sort of it tills the soil basically, and it it fires off different neurons in the brain. Yeah, that's why it's beneficial to if you know pick up an instrument at least try it, and you know it it forces you into a different language basically because that's what it is they're all languages these these yeah. you know take some tai chi or you know uh and you know or just some type of martial art and self-defense and take a sculpting class go paint some you know some alabaster somewhere uh and it just uh it works you know it um you know get get your hands and feet dirty you know you get one shot at this go for it man and so yeah, yeah I mean, take some improv and i'm not saying you know and you're a funny guy. I Listen to you, and, and you know you're loose, <laughs> like and so just, and you you're a good conversationalist. So yeah. yeah, go for it. And if you feel like you fell the first time, absolutely don't let that make no.
0: you. Yeah. Are- no, yeah, no, because because for instance, I consider our our first live show with this show at least half of it was a failure. And that was where I was standing up talking the whole time, but that like, we've already somehow I was booked to do another live one without begging somebody. And like, I've like, that was a learning experience. Like it was all right. I know it works. I know what doesn't like, let's let's build off that. Let's, let's find a new, a new way to do the late night theme that I want to keep, but let's do it better. Um, and I absolutely, yeah, I, I am uh, a huge believer in like, you know, failing is just one step closer to success. Like that's you fail to succeed.
1: Always, man. So the most successful people are the biggest failures.
0: Yeah. And I mean there's I mean there's not many times that I've failed at something at least creative creatively that I've been like, oh well shit, I'm never gonna do that again. It's always been like, all right. Uh, l- let me let me put that to the side. I'll get back to it and figure out how I can improve it and, and whatnot. And like and podcasting is probably the perfect example of that. This is I've probably in nine years have hosted nine to eleven different podcasts in in, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And this is the one where I have definitely have the most success. I've definitely uh, have, have I'm the most rewarded with, um, and I. I you know, for the most part, have the most fun with, like I, I, the only thing that I think would be more fun than this would be something like smodcast where I am sitting down with somebody doing improv basically at a table for for an hour or even like something that's big now in podcasting is sitting down and playing tabletop role-playing games. And that's something that I've, like I've played maybe a handful of times, but all it is is improv. Like I listen to like three or four of them and I laugh like I cry laughing at almost every single one I listen to because when they do it, they do it for the purpose of making people laugh. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, God, I like that would be like probably the perfect podcast is like me sitting around goofing off playing a game, but telling jokes at the same time like that. That would probably be the most fun. Also, the hardest to get together and put together. So I'll be happy with what I have right here because sure. it's, it, but it's towards
1: that. And yeah, yeah. That, that, I'd love I'd love to listen to that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's all like like we said, failing upwards. I think we have the name of our of our episode uh this week, failing upwards, failing, failing to succeed. Yeah. Um. So real quick before before I let you go, uh, I want to talk about your voiceover work because that is, um, something that I you know got a brief glimpse of like just kind of scrolling down your twitter feed when you first followed me and saw the joker stuff that you did which was fantastic by the way thanks uh and and then you talked a little bit about it in um on on once upon a wine and um you mentioned a couple things i think the biggest property that or the biggest thing that i heard you say that like clicked out to me was was uh square and and because you know they're the the makers of final fantasy which mm-hmm. is I mentioned earlier, like, final uh, video games have been an inspiration to me, specifically Final Fantasy. Like, that's, like, a dream thing to do is, like, make a live-action Final Fantasy movie of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has always been a huge inspiration to me. So let's talk about your voice acting career. How did you get into that?
1: Uh, well, it was back when I was in Nashville, and and you know, you get a lot of people. I don't remember the moment or any of that. I just remember people saying that I should get into it, and it was, it was after you know, after a long time of people saying you need to get you need to be a, they just think, oh, do you sing? I was like, no, I don't sing, and uh, you know, saying, you know, how many times I heard us, and you sound like Josh Turner. I was like, I don't know who that is, and then I quickly <laughs> learned, and but then, uh, my, I sort of my, it had to come from within. I had to want to do it. And so I, I looked at it and, and then I started to, and then uh, my best friend uh, who had just moved to town and I, it's, it's weird, like right when I saw him, I was like, hey, I like this dude. And we're like, per- personality wise, we were, we were twins. If, and and so it, it, we, we were, you know, these couple of nice guys and, and uh, that just, you know, got along well with everybody. Easygoing, open minded, artistic, sort of just, you know, uh, you we know, were different, but then alike uh, each other and just sort of stood out from the crowd a little bit on just, you know, because of the way we thought. But anyway, his dad ended up being a, he moved there because they had a, a headphone and microphone business. And his dad designed all of the stuff and built it in factory oh, right, right there in Nashville. And the company name was Equation Audio, and I still use their high-end microphone to this day. That's what I'm talking on right now, the F20, Very and cool. uh, it's a condenser mic. That's that's that one that beat out the the Neumann and uh, the high-end Sony at the time uh, on a on a uh, double-blind study. And At least, I mean that that's what they told me. I would believe it. It's it's a it's a great great microphone. Anyway, it was like all the stuff that meant to happen, and it's just like. I think somewhere there was just that along with just the agglomeration of encouragement and, and plus my own seeking voiceover in, in the video game industry was gradually on the rise there as far as. But I thought, OK, anime and video games, uh, because that's where you get the real acting because I wasn't. When I thought, when you thought of acting and voiceover, you thought commercials, promos, movie trailers, and, and movie trailers was on its way down. And LaFontaine and uh, Don LaFontaine, you know, the father of all that yeah, stuff, yeah. he had passed away just three months before I moved to to Los Angeles, okay. and um, and that guy worked I think nearly four thousand gigs a year, Whew, and, wow. and just things. But that was still in the. They were very much still in the analog world before he you know where you go so he was in his limo going to studios he was also a very cool cat uh as well because he if he knew you wanted to be a voiceover he'd like give you a day in the life of don lafontaine apparently I mean, this is he's just that kind of guy very affable and and uh open to you know very he was very gre- gregarious and um uh but and so just the the, the algamation of of just that formula of you know, being in certain company and and being given the tools, I mean, because they, they gave me the headphones and the microphone and everything, and uh, I just had this, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to start working on it. And I researched it, and I saw that, you know, that the acting, so the like I was saying, video games is on the rise, and i like I said I never saw myself as I didn't want to be a Disney actor or any of that, mm-hmm. and to the guy who makes silly voices, it's just not my thing. My hat goes off to those people who who are able to pull that stuff off. I mean, there's the Jess Harnell and Rob Paulson, and you know <clears throat> uh, Bill Farmer. Bill Farmer's um, Goofy and Rob Paulson's Yakko and, and Pinky, yeah. and, and Jess is a Wacko from uh, Okay, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, cool, all cool, cool, great people, very talented, very great actors as well. But just wasn't my bag. So it's like video games. That's where the acting is. I mean, you watch. I watch them sometimes when I have the time, and I don't play them. I'd love to, but it's just don't have the you know the resources and the time to really devote to all that. So I can just watch them because they're basically movies anyway. The yeah. Last of Us, uh, the the Arkham series. It's the best Batman story I've ever seen. Is the Arkham mm-hmm. series. Yeah, and it's 100%. great casting. And you start looking at them just as that. You're just like, okay, I want to play that role. Today, I'm going over a script. It's independent, uh, like a, uh, this very good science fiction post apocalyptic uh, f- uh, game that I've, it's a 70, nearly 80 page script. And that's just it. It's a video game, but it has an 80 page script yeah. to it. So, and, and you think no second thought to it until you bring it up and kind of look at it in retrospect. It's like it wasn't anything like that, but that's just it. So, I want to be an on camera actor and a filmmaker, but my, the most accessible. Route for me to take is the the first say big check or just the the, the first um, sort of nugget of you know whatever success is. I mean, I, yeah. quanti- I quantify success to progress because there is no finish line. So as long you're, as you're progressing each day, is, is you're you're succeeding as long as you're moving forward. And, but um, and that's a part of falling up. But uh, yeah. as, but the. Um, but I just knew that if I'm going to my, my the most accessible way to me to pursue this acting career is voiceover first. And video games is sort of my focal point because that exercises my theatrical muscle because I get to be anything and anybody. But remember, it's still you're in the room in a different world or wh- whatever you may, may be doing. You're still acting as if nobody can see you. But you do get to, sometimes to be, be a dragon or, or just the, the myriad of things you get to be. And, the, you know, it's it's not just having a cool voice or a or a, any a certain kind of voice. It's like that will match somewhere. But it's just like being pretty on film doesn't mean I mean, you look at some of the best actors. I think it's about being interesting. And then then you have, you know, also as far as the aesthetics go. But so have having. having that sort of reflects them, but it's all, it just comes down to acting. And remember, there is music in your performance. So there's always music there. You know, it has to be musical. Just let the emotion be there. And if you feel it and you actually see things uh, around you. So, I mean, that, I get to do that. I get to create worlds around me and just, I know. I'll go through a few takes and I'm still reading it or I'm still trying to manipulate the emotion into the read and like saying because I know all the points. Oh, well, that's supposed to be read here. or They probably want it read this lifted and this dip down. And this is supposed to be dark and dramatic. Stop all that. Just push this be figure out the backstory to that character and just know what what situation are they coming out of and what are they going into. So what are their thoughts? And what are they feeling? And that—that that all that's what you do for film. And now I get to do that for just, you know, in my studio, right yeah. behind my microphone. And so that's, I mean, you asked me what got me into it. So that's it. I just the idea that it is acting and that I had to want to do it and sort of the constant people telling me about maybe 10 years ago. And I've been a student of it ever since and then actively doing it for the past three, four years as, as a profession
0: it's it is a a profession uh, or you know of of acting that i I really enjoy and and you're right i mean a lot of the things that are really story driven that i think are great don't always come from live action movies or television like it like like you said the the arkham universe like those those stories are really great or Mm -hmm. even like going to to you know animation like i think I, I, everyone argues that Heath Ledger is, is our best Joker. I argue that Mark Hamill is our best mm-hmm. Joker. Yeah, I People mean, are I
1: to, to say that that are, are that are fans of the animated series.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I mean, and I I mean, I've always I consider, you know, my Batman to be Michael Keaton, but that doesn't mean Nicholson is my Joker. Mm -hmm. i i think mark hamill when i read and it's not often that i read a comic book these days but when i do sit down and read a batman comic book when i when i read it i typically hear when i'm reading a joker story i hear mark hamill's voice i i tend to hear probably kevin conroy's voice to be honest uh when i read batman but i i imagine him as as keaton how keaton would would act but um yeah i mean it's And the really good voice actors like that's I remember that more than anything. Like you always remember a voice no matter, you know, if it's a cartoon or a video game or even just a live action thing. Like there's been plenty of instances where I've heard I've watched a film, heard someone speak and say, I know that person, but I don't know from where I don't know their name, whatever. Mm -hmm. The voice is I mean, that as every bit of uh, important to acting, then than just, you know, the actual it is. emotions and, of
1: it. Uh, I used to have a, a friend, my uh, ex-girlfriend used to bring up the uh, the point that that like almost all actors who had longevity in their career had a, a voice that stood out. Yeah. And I don't think she was necessarily saying it from from I don't know, it might have been, but she was just saying it as as a genuine encyclopedic thought mm-hmm. uh, and just like that it's just, you look at it and how I mean, look at the most most, and it's true. Look at most actors; they have some. There's a texture in their voice. I mean, of course, we have the audio now that picks all that stuff up. But it is a you know most, and I, you find people who are aesthetically pleasing that you can tell their voices have hurt their career, or at least it wasn't as strong as it could have been. Mm. Uh, I think Keanu could have hit it stronger earlier earlier on. If he didn't have the surfer voice going on, yeah, and uh, but I mean, of course, he's definitely it's inarguable that he's had a successful career. Yeah. but he hit the right script, you know. Of course, that yeah. goes for a lot of people, but I just think in his position, I mean, he's great. And sp- I love watching him in Speed, and I think Point Break is his yeah. that that's his role. And then you know, then he got very fortunate with The Matrix, and uh, he he deserves more than all that stuff. But then I uh, look at Wano Writer. Uh, I love, you know, love her to death, but the it just she's got this husky voice that didn't reflect her image. Yeah. And uh, I think that might have that kind of kept her out of certain roles, I'm sure.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, but you look at I mean, I look at Idris Elba and I look at, you know, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth. And it's just yeah. these nice, strong. Uh, voice, you know, Russell Crowe, that's what helps carry him. Mel Gibson, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, it goes on. I mean, even Tom Hanks, he has a nice, uh, narrator voice that's yeah. it's very nasal, but at the same time, there is, there's a uniqueness to all these people and their voices. And it's, it's funny how that's sort of a fulcrum to it all. Um, very that and, and just the confidence behind the eyes. If you can put confidence behind the eyes as an actor, nothing can stop you
0: yeah and and that i mean that goes i think for anything confidence in anything uh is because you know go, we talked about wrestling at some point tonight and like when i i used to do it i used to i was trained i used to Go and talk on a mic, hit people with chairs, all that fun stuff. And and, and it's, hit it's with amazing. chairs,
1: like just random people in the street.
0: Yeah, just random people in the street. <laughs> I hit them in a the chair, and they'd say, what I do? what I do? And I just I'd drop an elbow on them and say, Crazy. Suck it. Kevin
1: and, and, Kid coming at me with his lawn chair
0: again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean like that. Is nothing more, nothing different than me sitting in the middle of a ring talking on a mic than me standing in front of a crowd at a bar talking on a podcast. But there was confidence in the ring where people, like, I was not nervous. I was able to, quote unquote, deliver my lines and make an impact and, and get the reaction I wanted. Whereas... Super nervous during, you know, leading up to the podcast and that that showed tenfold and, and you could hear it in my voice. I had the nervous cough as I was, as I was talking and it's it's uh, yeah, confidence in any walk of life will will help you in any situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, com- the confidence is the driving force underneath everything, whether it's whatever because you, you have to believe you have to be the 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 person with the most faith in yourself. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then it registers through your language and the way you talk. And I mean, your body language and and the way you carry yourself. So it's very, very important. And
0: everything. All right before we let you go i have to i have to put you to work a little bit you you got to give me a little and i'll type it in the little chat room but you got to give me uh, i'm not going to type it in the chat room because my mouse isn't working you got to give me a little you're listening to everything is awesome on awesomepodcast.com in whatever kind of voice you want to do
1: <laughs> all right well uh okay i gotta take the phones off for that so <laughs> uh how about i give you a few voices
0: okay go all for right. it
1: everything is awesome everything everything is awesome <laughs> everything is awesome <laughs> and hang on let me test this out robin everything is awesome
0: Oh, that's the one right there.
1: All right, that took like a few warm ups.
0: Uh, uh, well, Had thank to give you. A few
1: options, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you, you for being on me? the show. Sure, man. Sure. Um,
0: what's is there anything anything happening in your world that you want to uh, let the people know about?
1: Um, no. Uh, well, I mean, there's. I got to think about. You asked me what happened yesterday. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it's just so much. As far as just voiceover, hopefully, I don't know. I'm working on this video game that's in Denmark. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that on the, on the Once Upon a Wine podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'm really, I'm looking forward to that role. And I got this script that landed in my way. And I think the, they want like a Steve Bloom type of character for the lead. And so it's like Steve Bloom, he's a very like he's done uh I don't know, he he's one of those guy he does do you ever watch Rebels, Star Wars Rebels? I don't uh,
0: here and there, yeah.
1: He plays the alien in the group. And so okay. he's he plays a very it's a very res he's he's been in he has more anime credits than I think any other actor out there. Oh. And and more video games too. But he's a really nice and cool guy. But anyway, they, they want a voice like him and he's one of my guys that I I have a voice like, so it's just like, All right, all I gotta do is bring out the performance. So uh, you know, so just hopefully more video games, and I think I just narrated. Oh, this morning I woke up and I was booked as a teddy bear in a Cthulhu uh, noir game <laughs> that that uh, talks like in like a uh, an old worn out British man. That's
0: uh, fantastic.
1: He's like, so he's talking. To, it's kind of dark too. He's like, oh, you know how this goes, you know, sure, some eight year old will get beat by her drunk father and then she'll want to console herself and take it out on me by ripping out my buttons and my legs off and then slashing open my belly and then she'll get kidnapped by some cult and then i'll wind up in
0: the trash end of story and then she'll (laughs) die
1: and it's like it's like uh this is coming from a teddy bear
0: (laughs) this is awesome that's like a, it's like an even darker version of Ted. Like, I guess Ted's the, the, the comedy version of, of a, a yeah, dark I mean, teddy bear, and uh, this is like... like the dark, dark version.
1: <laughs> Ted Three, when, when Ted doesn't laugh, when the laughter stops.
0: <laughs> Ted Three, when the laughter stops. Uh, that's got to be the third movie. <laughs> uh, all all, all right, the uh, stuffing we're... is pulled out now. <laughs> all the stuffing pulled out. Uh, Where can people find you on uh, on the Uh, internet?
1: I am Rogue Wolf Artist. Rogue Wolf Artist is R O G U E Artist. uh, Wolf Artist on Twitter and Instagram. I have a few Instagram handles, but just go to that one. It's it attaches to all the other ones. And then Daniel Pierce on Facebook. And uh, if you just uh, and then on SoundCloud, I think I'm Rogue Wolf Artist Vo on that and Vimeo. I have a Vimeo page as well.
0: Uh, And and if you want to listen to to him doing excellent to Daniel doing excellent voices I the other day I went through a bunch of whatever I found on your Twitter feed or maybe it was on your um, on your SoundCloud. I just started listening to a bunch of them the 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 Joker the the suicide, uh, suicide squad version of the Joker as much as I, I don't think I like that version of the Joker right. yeah oh my god that voice <laughs> that you I mean <laughs> I, it sounds like Jared Leto is, is, is yeah it was Thanks. spot on. I uh, loved oh, it so much
1: thank you so yeah i'm I'm still working on my my own joker because everybody here wants to be the joker but everybody tries to you know they they even the people who know better they they imitate Hamill's and it's yeah. great but the the idea is like well you got to put your own unique stamp yeah. take a little bit of hamel but take a little bit of here and there too no it's and there's for batman's kevin conroy yeah and
0: yeah so. i i enjoy i forget who was there was a kid I think his name was Troy, maybe Troy there was Baker. Some, yeah, he the, he did the Little Joker.
1: Name here, so oh. <laughs> he's he's quite the formidable talent. Him and Nolan North are the two biggest video game yeah, actors.
0: Yeah, and and he did uh, a version of the Joker, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He did the yeah. Arkham Origins.
0: Yeah, and did the I
1: Joker. Uh, he did pretty spot on. His yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I dug it. I dug, but maybe it was because it was Hamill. Uh, he, he was trying to emulate Hamill. Maybe that's why I dug it so much. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I I'm all for uh, unique spins on the Joker, which is just because I think Hamill is the best. I I mean, I I obviously it's hard. I mean, it's also hard to say that, that, that Heath Ledger wasn't the best portrayal because they are two very different Jokers. Mm-hmm. So very much. Yeah. I mean, putting a unique spin on on anything uh is you know. Uh, as, you know, building up, you know, just build up what you, you know, for the past to, to make it your own, you know, yeah, that's, that's what all, they want.
1: Everybody just wants, yeah. you, what can you bring? Yeah. And, you know, make it because no one else can do it. Huh? You can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, all right. Thank you for doing the show again. It was a lot of fun talking to you. A lot Dude, of fun. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having learning me. About and, you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anytime you want to, you know, be on the show again, you, I feel like we just scratched the surface as far as like you as a person, as a actor, filmmaker. Uh, I feel like we didn't get too much into it. So anytime you want to be on the show again, you have something to promote or whatever, let me know. If uh, I run out of guests, I'll be sure to let you know. Yep. Uh, I'll be so. a
1: guest. Just call call upon me, man. Send out the yeah. bat signal.
0: Send out the bat signal. I'll be there. Ah, yes. Uh, For uh, Everything is Awesome, you're listening to Everything is Awesome on awesomepodcast.com. We'll catch you next time right here. I I say it a lot, awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome.
1: We've been awesome. Yes. (laughs)